Welcome to Men Are Nuts, a podcast about mental health, emotional health, psychological health, physical health awareness in men, women and society. First, it started with MEN, the acronym for Men Are Nuts. And we have a very special guest on the show for you today. It's been a while. In fact, it's been a long time. I mean, you were, I'm sure you were one of the first ones and it has been a while. Um, I'm sure a lot's, happen- a lot's happened here and... Yeah, and I'm sure a lot's happening in your life. So introduce yourself. Greetings. Um, my name's Imani, and I'm really honoured and um, happy to be back on Men Are Nuts. I love this platform and the work that you do. And um, I'm, I'm really glad to hear as well that you've extended it um, from Men Are Nuts to, you know, women and as well. So I feel very blessed to be here with you. Yeah, and you know, I mean, yeah, that's interesting that you said that because that, that means it's been a while then. Gosh, yeah, because like you said, it was, it, yes. it was talking about the extension of it, and gosh, yeah, now you've said that, it's made, really kicked in that. <laughs> how long it's been? Um, it's been a while. Yes. Yeah, yeah, gosh. <laughs> now I'm really thinking about it, but yeah, it's been a while, um, and you know, I just when I say you know, when I say extended, I just it's just open to the open to everyone. I mean, I'm, I'm, I do like I said, I do this like podcast for. To, to to get people's voices out there to get people and then other people would yeah you know, like I say I've said this is a mess it's a modern day message in a bottle um, oh. and just to get and you know this could, could be timeless you know it could be heard in many years and and you know people we all we all not I say we have we all our mental health and we some of us you know we struggle on day to day basis sometimes like weekly or monthly basis something will come up. Um, so it's it's a question of just hearing people's voices and maybe save someone's life. But yeah, yeah, it's been a while. So what's yeah. you know for you? What do what do you do? I mean, tell the listeners what about you? What do you do? Um, oh, I do a couple of things. Um, I have a radio show that I do on Conscious Radio. Um, I also have a podcast. Um, I've been a, a spiritual coach um, for quite a while. Um, about over 15 years I'd say and um, also recently um, got myself accredited with um, life coaching and love and relationship coaching which is something that's been dear to my my heart for a long time which is what I've been doing in my spiritual coaching mostly talking on the subject of love and relationship and the fact that you talk about mental health here on your podcast I think that has a big part to play in how we um, connect with ourselves and how we connect with um, each other, you know, intimately and even broader than that, you know, how we, re- we relate to each other in life, you know, whether it's your, you know, your work colleagues, your boss, your, you know, your employees, if you're, you're a boss and um, family, your children, you know, parents. So relationship doesn't just stop for me at the internet, even though that is really um I find that really exciting and very telling, but relationship in all areas of our life. Yeah, and you know, you've you managed you managed to to kind of do all these things, and you've done all these things, and and it's 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 something. Obviously, there's a passion there. There's all these things that you want to do, and you, you you're achieving them. So, before we get onto that, um, can you tell you know before we get onto what's been happening and you know what's life what, where are you and what's life like at the moment for you there 
Where right. So I am based in the UK. I'm based in the north of England um, in a place called Cheshire and um, a, a small, um, I don't know if you call it a town or a small, yeah, small part of Cheshire, which is called Crow. Um, and we at the moment in the UK are in lockdown. We just got lift. We just started to, the government just gave us some um, more, you know, reduce our lockdown time. So we are slowly coming back into some kind of normality. Um, millions and millions of people have had the vaccination. And so, you know, they're saying that um, it looks like, you know, you we're going to be able to have... have I, no, I haven't. Okay. <laughs> but a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people have been... At, at the moment, it's discretionary. It's not mandatory. Um, but a lot of people, you've, we've got like two camps. You've got a lot of people literally banging down the door saying, I want my vaccination. And then you've got um, a lot of people who are absolutely not, you know, going for it at all. And then you've got people who are like, just waiting to see, you know, what's what's the best thing to do or wait and see if it's going to become mandatory. But that's where we are at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And we'll talk about the vaccine. I mean, I've been here they've been kind of been twisting people's arms and forcing us as oh yeah they're forcing us as teachers to take the vaccine or we're not allowed to go, go into school premises um ah uh, yes yes certain professions even over here i think if you're in the medical profession especially if you're kind of you know like nurses and doctors and i think they have to, i think it's compulsory that they take it or they're getting to that stage um, but yes, I think you're right. In certain professions, you you're in, you're, you don't really get much of a choice. Yeah, which is wrong, to be honest. But, um, mm. uh, yeah, wow. Um, so, so what are you going to do? How are you tackling that? How are you dealing with that? Um, I've put it off for the last... I've had four different appointments and i put it off. And so, yeah, um, they've just... just, and, they've just and, put, and then after that, they went round the schools um, basically, went into the schools and asked the, the teachers, asked the heads and stuff. Asked, basically, asked people um, how many people haven't taken it. And so then they came up with this thing last Thursday or whenever it was. No, this week, in fact. Because here they, they just make these, um, you know, just random announcements and stuff like that. You, and and it's almost here. You just there's no rule. There's not a set. It's not like England where you you have. Um, say like a teacher or any profession, uh-huh. there's not a union, there's not something to, to back you. Here, there's nothing to back you. There's no there's no teacher's right. union, there's nothing to say, you know, if they tell you to do something, you have to do it or, you know, you, you don't get, get a choice. Well, there was a choice, but you said the choice was you um, get a test done every week at the beginning of the week to, so you can come on the school premises. Now... The difference with that is the test is the test costs. I think the test costs like a hundred pound a week. Um, wow. A hundred pound per, obviously per time you go. Every time it costs a hundred pound for a test. That's what I'm hearing. So, which is which is again where to get you because that means you have to pay out. And then they made this, not many people. Yes. Yeah, and then they made this wow. thing where that then they put this disclaimer at the bottom. Not a disclaimer. The sort of thing where they said that if you're if you're uh, if basically if if somebody's like a teach a, a kid is seen to be having i seen to have get the coat um get the virus um 
and you're in contact with them, you could be cut your two weeks or whatever it is for seven days or two weeks, whatever it is, quarantine, that's cut from your wages. And you think, well, well, if you didn't give it to them, if I didn't give it to them, so basically yeah. the pain saying people who didn't get vaccinated, if you are come in contact with this kid and you get vaccinated <laughs> and you quarantine, it will come out your wage. Because they're, they're basically almost saying is that it could be you that's done it to them or you, you should have you got vaccinated. So it's it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, yeah, it's, the, it's the, 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 I don't know. Yes, the country... It's not very fair, isn't it? No, it's not very no, fair. I just think... I don't know. You know, I always think that if you're... You know, I'm going to speak out of turn here, but if you're... I always mad. People always imagine someone who's to be religious or a religious country is a country where people are... Um, you know, just... They're in touch with humans and they're in touch with others and they... They love one another. There's no barriers. There's no black or white. There's no this, that, and the other. Um, but it just goes to show that even living in a country which is which is seen as religious, you do have these things. You do have racism. You do have all these other things that, all these other nuances that happen in no matter what country you're in. You know, you could be same. You could be living in England. It's the same thing. So uh, I think what I'm trying to say is there is that. You know, there's no, there's not a social, there's not like a democracy. It's, mm, yes. Um, and, and really, wow. you know, so that means to me, that means there's a lot of, that means I would say, you know, there's not one government out there that isn't corrupt. That's what, that's, that's all I'm, I've got to say about the whole thing. Um, if you're going to force people to do that and have to come up with these disclaimers, then, mm. uh, yeah, so it looks like. Yeah. Majority of teachers have taken it. I think there's only ten of us that haven't, um, or five of us, or whatever, because everyone's decided. Because right. because what happens is well, because you have they want because we're from a different country and we want to go and see our families, they, they then uh-huh. they know that, so they will do. Of things. course. So they they will do things like oh well, if you don't do it, you'll have to um, quarantine when you get back, and have a test and this that and the other. Whereas. You, now I've just read someone sent me a message saying that people who take both vaccination can travel and you don't have to quarantine right. so they put these things on you so um, yeah I'm just I'm going to have to take it because mine, my, mine's on the 8th of March so I'm going to have I've put it off for so long so I'm just going to have to take it you know right, right. I don't um, like this idea yeah. of these people saying to you to do these things and not knowing what the effects of it are, are on our bodies, either short term or long term, because every human is different. You can't have the same vaccine for the same for 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 every single person because everyone's different. Because I've heard of it, because we know that because the reaction is different. Somebody, you know, another thing for me is there's no point. What's the point of taking a vaccine if you still have to wear a mask or you have to be a distance from someone? If, if your vaccine yeah. is meant to stop it and you can still get it even if you've yeah. taken the vaccine and you can still it's get, very... it seems a bit strange that you can still get it so what, what's the point of then taking a the vaccine it doesn't make any sense they said oh yeah it reduces but... some of the symptoms if you do get it but what if you what Apparently. if you never got it or what if it's like me taking a, an aspirin you know I don't take tablets but if I took an aspirin today yeah. for a headache that I might get next week 
So I'm a bit, I'm, I'm not, I'm annoyed about it, but at the end of the day, you know, I've got to, I'm living here, so I've got to, I've got to. Um, You've got to do as the Romans do, yes. Yeah, but I'm not totally happy about it. So I think this will. Yeah, probably, reluctantly. Yeah. yeah. This will probably be my last year. After you know, after this year, I'll do one more year in mm-hmm. this country, and I'll probably come back to England because, I, I, and you know, obviously, I, I can. I know there's things happening in England, and people are, you know, me, my brother. My brother just said the same thing. He said that he's a teacher. And they're, and they're implementing that, that sort of stuff in England. So, you know, it's, I don't know. <laughs> it's everywhere. Yeah, it's everywhere. Yeah. So I'm going to have to do it. If I have to travel and yeah. have to see my family, I'm going to have to do it. So I'll just do it and get, get it out of the way. I get it out of the way. But at the end of the day, I have to live. I just need to get on my life instead of thinking about it over and over again. So, yeah. I, I agree with you. I think, um, you know, certainly it's not something I'm rushing to do myself. Um, but like you've just said, you know, you've got to live your life and um, you, you know, what are you going to do if you, if you don't take it, yeah. you know? So yeah. I think every, every, you know, like you said, everyone's constitution is different, you know, and everybody's situation is different. But I do feel that long term, that is going to be the plan. You know, I think I think the way they're not going to certainly not here in the UK. I suspect not going to say you have to, but what's going to happen is if you don't get it done, there are going to be certain you know you know it's going to it's going to make life yeah restrictions and things are going to get very difficult for you to have a normal life. Yeah, Yeah, I saw some someone sent me something the other day. I mean, I don't really watch the news, so that's even another thing. I don't watch the news. Yeah, me too. I don't. I'm not a news watcher either. If I take the vaccine. My life has to live on. I'm not going to bother watching the news or anything like that because I'm just getting on my life, and so I'm going to have to do it. But I saw something the other day where it said someone sent me a message saying something like, "Oh, you know, there's some suggestions that like you're saying there, um, like they're saying like because obviously people um, in England, because England's very pub-based, have a go for a drink and socialise." Mm-hmm. You might, yeah, not, be able, you might yeah. not be able to go into a pub without, you know, all these things, all these silly things. You might not be able to go. Yeah, that's 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 what I've heard as well. You know, you just think, gosh, where is it all going to end? So obviously they're going to put those, I think that like you said, they're going to put those things in place to then almost stop your living until you then take the mm. vaccine. Yeah, you can either have a very limited existence um, where your social life is um, highly compromised or you can, you know, go with the flow of it and um, get some sort of normality. And and people are saying we're probably never, ever going to go back to the normal that we had, whether we, um, whether, you know, we all take the vaccine or not. It's never really going to be the same. Yeah, so how, how, how have you been... Last mm-hmm. year, with regards to all this, um, you know, you seem, you sound like the same person. You sound quite buoyant. How, how you know, quite happy. What? How have you been? Yeah, I, I mean, it's not really, it's not really impacted me at all on a personal, personal level. Apart from, obviously, you know, my my parents are um, like three hundred miles away in in London. Well, not London. They've moved out slightly, but. Um, so 
I've not got, you know, not got the opportunity to see them as often, but we speak all the time. We speak nearly every day. Um, but in terms of my, 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 my person, my life, it hasn't really, and certainly, you know, I've just kept really busy. Um, and um, I, I just make sure that I always, you know, I keep with my routines. So my meditation, um, I'm constantly, you know, um, updating, you know, my, my mind. I'm always feeding my mind. Um, and, you know, keeping busy, keep it, you know, exercising um, and those types of things. And I think it, it sort of does have an effect for you to kind of have a routine. And because I do everything from home, and at the moment I'm currently um, taking what I do to the next level. So I'm concentrating on building, you know, my, my business. So I'm very busy. So, and I, like you, don't watch the news. I, I don't have a TV. So again, I don't get too many distractions. Um, you know about this that causes me to so no i don't i'm not one of those people who's feeling really fearful and um you know i, I can't eat can't sleep or anything like that i'm just yeah just getting on with it because i'm a big believer that um you know in life you you know yes you will be shocked it was shocking at first to hear the whole thing of course for all of us but then you have to find a way to to you know get on with your life you can't um allow things like this to shut you down and sit in fear because fear is very um it's not a very nice place to be and when you stay in fear you kind of start attracting more things to be fearful of so you've got to keep raising your vibration keep raising your consciousness so that you stay you know true to yourself and not get caught up with um you know the fear mongering and um find yourself you know because i've heard so many people who um, were quite you know out there doing great things you know very accomplished and you know were very much out there doing big things and because of the lockdown and all the things that were taken away you know a lot of people have kind of um, gone into depressions and just not feeling you know um their self-esteem has been you know compromised and uh, they're not quite where they were and I just think it's really sad that that's happened. But I do think, you know, even if you've got lots of things that you're doing, and especially if you're doing lots of import, external important things, I think it's important to make sure that you have your internal important things that you always are going to be in control of because you can't control the world. You know, for me, even the, the work that I'm doing, I don't see it as I want to, I'm here to change the world. No, I feel I'm here to change my world or to create my world within this bigger larger world world and even though there's certain things that i don't have control of in that bigger world i i focus on what i can control what i can't control i just you know leave it to my higher self to help me to navigate that you know to the best of my ability yeah yeah and um you seem to be because you seem to be doing really well with the with the with (laughs) the amount of guessing because you yeah you seem to be, you, it's it's you know, crazy. I know. I've, I've, I keep seeing. I'm suddenly I see this thing and it comes up and it's uh, Imani. Imani speaks. I think another one, and there's another guest, and another guest, and, you, and you're getting a lot of people coming on to talk about um, various things, the music, and, and, you know, particularly black people coming on and talking about so many different. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so I'm having a little break in um, um, April, May, because. Um, I was I was I was actually going to do a talk at this this um, fantastic um, event in Bath um, 
in I think is that in south of south of England I think yeah. it is, um, but uh, that had to be cancelled due to the COVID. So I'd already thought I was going to take a couple of weeks off then. But what I've decided because a lot of people are asking about doing Zoom interviews, um, video interviews. So that is kind of it's not really my um, my thing. Yeah. Um, but what I'm thinking of is what I've noticed is a lot of my radio, um, you know, colleagues are all doing. They're doing their whole show live on Facebook. I don't know if I'm ready for that, but mm-hmm. I think I am ready to do sort of segment, you know, segment of my my show, not not inside the show, but maybe you know outside of the show, just doing video interviews with with people, yeah, yeah. and so um, create another um, element to what I do. So I think, you know, there's so many different, there's, there's doing it on audio, there's doing it in a blog, and then there's doing it in a video. So I wanted to take advantage of the three different platforms. So, you know, people have, um, you know, several ways of sharing their information. Yeah. So I'm going to take time off to kind of get my head around that, get myself feeling confident and, um, yeah, and so that I, I'll mix it up a little bit. So some, some of the... Um, interviews will be on the radio as usual and then some will be um, on video as well yeah that's that's um <laughs> that's a good point as well there because actually that's something i've thought about in the last few weeks but i just thought I, for me with the with the mental health thing there's yes when I, when I say to people it's audio they want to come on um and i'm i can't presume that they may want to come on video um, unless I ask, I mean, because I never really get anybody to come up. When I do say it, they never. There's a lot of them. That quite often, maybe ninety nine percent of them never actually then turn around and say, "Oh, can I come on the video?" They never, or they want to see me. Yeah, because it's it's intimate, isn't it? And it's personal. And yeah. you know, we've only, we've only just really started the narrative on on mental health. It's not something, you know. Certainly, um, you know, as I was growing up and even in recent times nobody was talking about it it was definitely something that people didn't find easy to so this is a new i think it's really good and i think this is why i like what you're doing for you to highlight that in your um on your podcast because imagine how many people you know listening and i know you you, you've you know recently congratulations as well on on building your listenership and how many people, you know, have um, been um, blessed or saved or, you know, helped, you know, by your your shows, you know, your guests coming on and sharing either their story or their, um, I know you have a lot of um, psychologists, psychotherapists who come on and, um, you know, give some tips and help and guidance. So, yeah. It's it's a new it's a new phenomena for people to be talking about this hope openly. So I can imagine, um, yeah. But I suspect in time though, people will want to yeah, talk about it on video. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I should. I mean, really, I could give them the option and start maybe start doing it that way, recording it on video. But again, things take time, and and I never advertise um, it. And also, over during the last year, I've taken. There's been times where I've taken. Maybe due to my own mental health and things going off in my in my life, I've taken chunks, t- chunks of time out where I didn't want to. Not 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 I didn't want to. Not yes, I didn't want to speak to 
anybody mm-hmm. because of the things that were happening with me or or maybe I just you know it got to a point where it, you know there's times where it's like three months and I'm thinking gosh I need to get into it I need to get back into it I need to get back into it and so there was times where I just took a long you know, a long break a yeah. long break and it wasn't meant to be it was like mm-hmm. a week and then because there was times when I was doing like there's one time one day when I did like five in one day um uh, five shows in one day and I'm thinking gosh wow yeah you know what I mean and, uh, and even now I've kind of got back into it and I'm still doing things like this is my weekend for instance and I'm, and I'm so next week I won't be doing them I've, I've said to myself you know what I need to do I need to do them within do you, because you know like if we're talking about mental health we have to yes we have to then have to look after our own mental health before we can Imperative, absolutely yeah. imperative. Yes, like you know, yes. Working with children, I work with children all the time, and talk to people. I need mm-hmm. to deal with myself first, and then absolutely is, is selfless and selfish act because that's nothing wrong with that. So, but yes, I've, I'm, you're right. I think it's something that I would like to look for, look towards the future with in terms of doing something on video. But yeah, you've you've been doing really well. Like you say, you, you say mental health hasn't <laughs> been impact you've. You've, you've spoken to a lot of people from various backgrounds and various uh, uh, like, positions and, and things like that. It's been it's been brilliant actually. Because like I say, when I, I uh, <laughs> you know, I'd like to have some of those on my show just to talk about you, know, so they can talk about because quite often, not you know, I haven't had that many. Yes, I, I know we talked about that. I, I will, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll I'll kind of sort that out. You know, yeah, with I'm you. Not, yeah, like I said, to be honest with you, Emma, I don't really get that many people from our community. Um, ah, oh, you can. They'll be. They'll. I'm telling you, most of the people will be very happy to come yeah, on. I'd like to. Um, and especially when I tell them your, uh, you know, your success with what you're doing and, and the work that you're doing, because yeah. you know you're helping people, and I think it's it's brilliant that you know you've. Um, because I mean, I would ask you, what made you start your podcast? Because um, I know you're you're a lecturer, teacher, but did you ever see yourself doing something like this, or was it did it just was it just something that just happened? No, was it a spontaneous thing? It was a spontaneous thing. It was. I didn't think about podcasts. I never thought about that. You know, what I always wanted to do from the, <laughs> from the years ago, and I used to listen to like um, I listen to all sorts of music, and the one the music I used to listen to was one of the main ones was in the in the eighties was rap music, R and B and rap and all that sort of stuff, and yes, reggae, yes, reggae yes. lovers rock and all that sort of stuff. But the one that I always wanted to to do, I always wanted to make a, a rap song, you know, because I was always into singing. And I always oh. To get a message, because I always see that rap is like any music, but rap seemed to have a message from the heart. I'm not saying no, none of the others do. I'm talking about it's sent to. It tends to have a message from a street level, rather than say lovers, which is yes. which is lovers. It's obviously that's from the heart and it's, and it's romantic and, and all the other things. That one tends uh-huh. to drive itself from what is happening on the street, whether it's um, if you look at Tupac or whatever he's talking about. He's talking about one thing. It could be being a thug, but the other uh-huh. side, he's talking about his mum, dear mama. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. And I've seen videos with people crying over that. You know, they, they watch this video for the first time, dear mama, and and they're crying. So, he, rap tends to lend itself in terms of it. It encompasses so many things that happen in our lives on the street, particularly um, mm-hmm. coming from our background and culture. 
Um, so yeah, and it's so funny, then, yeah, it's funny. Oh yeah, I want to come. I want to pick up on what you're saying, but yeah. carry on. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, so I've always wanted to do that, and then I always wanted, but I always wanted to get one a tune onto iTunes. That's my. It was always on my bucket list to get it onto get it onto there. So then mm-hmm. last year, yeah, it just so happens. Um, I don't know why was it pod, something to do with podcast anyway I can't remember what happened with the podcast thing but what happened was I said to myself you know what I might if I can think what if I can get a podcast onto the onto Apple um, wow literally something happened to my dad or my stepdad now my stepdad mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. basically he ended up in it, it went all delirious and you know his wife was his wife was wondering why and so then I started uh-huh. to do the podcast thinking I thought he had dementia. Um, I did an episode almost by myself, saying, thinking that he didn't, you know. I went to the beach, sat there in front of the thing here in my car, and recorded myself talking about dementia. But then when she rang wow. me a couple of days later, it was mm-hmm. that he had urinary tract infection. And urinary, wow. and urinary tract infection. See, all these things, when we talk about mental health... We, it's we, so huge, isn't it? Yeah, we think, oh, you know, we often think, and people people talk about mental health and they say oh you know I've contacted people and they said oh I'm not qualified to talk about I said what do you mean you're not qualified to talk we're all mental mm. health you know you're telling me you never get of angry course. you never get angry you're never yes. angry. Are you happy are you never happy are you never sad this that and the other has nothing affected you on a day to day basis you've never been you know, mm. you never, you never, you never have you ever had bereavement have yeah, you had a relationship breakup yeah, exactly. you ever had to make some big decisions yeah, and that rocked like, your world yeah, yeah. So things that affect us physically can affect, affect mm-hmm. our mental health and vice versa. But things that affect us That's mentally, right. like if we could be angry all day and not eat, and then, and then all of a sudden our body starts to eat itself, or we could eat, mm-hmm. or we could um, be sad and we, we eat loads of sugar. Or, do, do you know what I mean? There's so many things to do with mental health. So when we looked at yes. urinary tract, you said, I said, what? Do you really tract infection? So I started looking into it, you know, literally mm-hmm. on the spot. And it it was basically it causes it because of the, the way our men and women's bodies are formed. It has uh-huh. it has um, the effect on women tends to be a bit more um, is it tends to affect women more than men because of the way our right, our, right. Our, our bodies are our made. Our bodies are created. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So in a, so. For, and it can do a lot of things. So urinary tract infection can cause a lot of things in older people. So things like that leading to um, delirious ex- episodes, and, yes. you know, delirious episodes, uh, dementia-like mm-hmm. episodes. Um, I thought, gosh, wow! You know, you just didn't think. You don't that think that does your body something's happening in your body that can cause that effect to your mind. And I thought, gosh. So then I did another. Um, uh, you know, I, talk, I went on the beach again and I'd spoken to my phone about urinary tract infection. In, in mm-hmm. and so then I just thought to myself, you know what, I need to call this. And I looked at why why we as men are getting so many, why we, you know, why we're more likely to cause, why we're more likely to have, you know, um, depression and all that sort of stuff, everything. Why we're more yes. likely to take drugs, why we're more likely to commit suicide, all these sort of things. I've been looking at it over years and years, and why is there a disconnect in the society that like you're talking about? You're going to talk about later love. Why is all these things? Why is there a breakdown in marriage? All these things that affect our or our mental health affects those things, or vice versa. So I just thought, you know what? I'm going to call it. Um, I 
thought, man, what could I call it, man? And literally, it was five minutes. Oh, five minutes, I was Such being. a great title. Such a great I title. Thought, I thought, oh, man, <laughs> men are nuts. But look at that. Uh-huh. Coincide with <laughs> all the things that we are. When we say nuts, people, you know, I remember this one woman saying, no, I don't want to be associated with something that's called that because it's, it's implying that um, things to do with crazy and all that sort of stuff. I said, well, in a, in a roundabout way, we are because men, we do silly things. We put, we do things like put um, fireworks by our backside and, and light it and all that sort of stuff. We do silly things that can cause um, death or injury. <laughs> do you see what I mean? We yeah. do things like go on skyscrapers and, and clean the windows and with no, with no safety gear on. So, we are, we are a bit nuts. So then it kind of, you know, kind of went from there to things. So here I am now speaking to you. Um, and you've now, you said you've started the podcast as well. Yes, because, um, well, for me, what happened to me, how I got into any of this was um, back in 2013, my, my brother got an opportunity to have his own radio show. Somebody, he'd written a book and, people were offering him different things and one of the things was to have his own show and um, he couldn't do it so he offered it to me and I was like really scared I was like no because I'm I'm, a, I'm an introvert I'm a very shy person and I'm very socially awkward you know I'm not very good at, you know not very good at small talk and all these things so I was like I can't do it you know I was like you know but he he believed in me and so I jumped on his belief because I didn't have no belief that I could do something like that and then I got into that and then um, someone told me about this new thing in recent times called podcasting I was like what's that and then I um, they sent me a link I had a look I thought oh this is all right so um so what what I've done with my podcast differently from you but I've actually started another one where I just talk um, on my own. But what I do is I take the talk, the conversation part of my um, radio show and I add it to my podcast. So all my podcasts, all my radio show conversations are on my podcast. Yeah. But I've actually got another podcast that I've done, done a few. I haven't done nearly as much as I've done with the other one. But this is where I'm just talking. I'm just really talking about the subjects that... Um, you know, I'm interested in and that I've got, you know, um, that I've worked in and giving, you know, sort of my take on things and just sharing information, just kind of giving advice and things like that, um, which I'm going to spend, again, that's another reason why I want to spend some time on that in April, May as well, to start building that up as well. Um, because, um, I love speaking to people, and, the, and one of, but what happened to me when I started in radio, I when I was given the show, um, I thought you know I was going to you know talk to people, you know play music and do a little bit of talk, talk about different subjects, maybe self love and you know maybe relationship, personal development is a big love of mine. Um, so that was my goal, and then the second week in, my radio boss at the time says, you know, oh I've got an interview for you. I says, what do you mean? you're going to have a guest on your show. And I said, I can't. I said, I just got in. I can hardly manage doing, you know, what I'm doing. And now you're bringing somebody on for me to speak to? I can't do that. So anyway, I had my first guest and the rest was history. After that, every single show, I brought a guest on. You know, I'd ask people, do you want to come on the show? People found out I was doing the show. They would um, ask, could they come on? 
And in that on that radio station, I always had a guest from then onwards. I loved it, absolutely loved it. Because what I found was, um, you know, when I was a little when I was a little girl, I was all, I was always one of those kids that would ask questions and, yeah, you know, Mum, why this? Dad, why this? Gran, why that? Yeah. And I remember my mum used to say, well, like every time I'd say why this, she'd say because why's got why's got a tail? When you cut it off, it becomes a V. And I'd be like, what? <laughs> so. So, so doing uh, radio and I mean doing interviews and conversations, I was able to ask people anything, and you know they'd give me these answers, and it was it was brilliant, and um, I loved it, and it just you know I found that it connected with me. So they're giving an answer, they're saying something, it connects with me, and I'm finding myself jumping up and down, thinking yes, I get that, or you know it opens up for me to say something to add to the conversation, and I just found you know it's such a it's like a learning experience. Um, it's like you're learning, you're, you're sharing, you're teaching, and it's it's just amazing. And when I listen back to some of the conversations, um, you realise that you know these guests have got so much you know insight, and um, and it just you know you're just feeding off each other, and um, I, I loved it. So, but what I'm what I'm going to do on the other podcast is do what I was planning to do all along in relationship in in radio which is to kind of just do like little talks so little segments um where i'm just you know kind of um talking about different things um under certain um subjects personal development love and relationship self-love self-care which i really believe it's even you know more important than any relationship because you said it earlier on you said you have to take care of you first before you can take care of anybody else and if you're out there you know if you're doing all these podcasts you're, you're working with the children and you don't take some time out for you if you don't pamper you if you don't do something to help you then you're running on empty we would never jump in our cars and you know not make sure that it's got enough in the tank you know but how how often do we run out there trying to save you know with, you know by doing our job and we're exhausted, you know, we're not in a good place, we need to just take time out. But we, because we've made these, um, you know, commitments, we've kind of like, yeah, I've got to go and do it. And you're running on empty and it's it's not the best for you or the other people. So I totally, this is why I really think it's important to have some rituals or taking time out when you, you need it so that you can give. Because I believe that we take care of ourselves, not for ourselves, we take care of ourselves so that we can serve in whatever capacity we're here to serve. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And do you, do you, because you're, you're, we, we as, we as, um, um, people of colour, black people, you can call it black people, <laughs> I know sometimes it's technologists, it's strange to me when I say black people, people, you know, we, 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 or men, menelated people. A lot of people are saying menelated men, people. We we tend to we tend to. Where I'm going with this is music. We like music. We like because mm-hmm. it it soothes our. It can. It's, music is good for soothing pain. It's good for yes. For, you know, meditation is good for relaxation. Yeah. It's good for many things. 
Um, some things I'm not going to say, but it's good for me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good for me. I think things. I know where you're going with that. And I, I've got, I've got a, I've got a phrase that I heard or that I makes so much sense to that. But yeah, carry on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can talk about that phrase in a minute. But yes, we, 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 it does. It's so many things in music encompasses, and and um, and I think I suppose for you, um, our mental health, because maybe because of days of. I don't know if it's slavery or even path before that or whatever it may be. Maybe where people, you know, people used to to soothe the pain. They would hymn, they'd hum, or sing songs or whatever to, to get over the day's toil and stuff yeah. like that. So we we embrace music and we create music and we and all these things. So your 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 whole do you find that music and talk the combination of it is such a do you find it like therapy for you and as well as the guests and the listeners i tell you what it's funny i was actually thinking about you know so i was thinking about um me being shy and what have you and i realized you know one of the things well i I, oh yeah i forgot to mention i recently took part contributed in a book project with this wonderful lady called Rebecca um, Adams. There were 14 of us and we all had to write a chapter. And I remember thinking, you know, what? Um, I had to write a chapter and part one of that was to talk about radio and stuff. And I remember sort of like thinking, oh, you know, how do I kind of, what, you know, how do I do what I do with this sort of, um, you know, this, this shyness and all the rest of it? And I realised that one of the things was I always, I never interview anybody until I get, I get the first five, half hour to do music. So I play the music. I don't always have time to listen to music during the, you know, my normal time because I'm, you know, busy doing other things. So that's the one time on the radio when I get to hear music that, you know. So what I realized was by playing the music, it's like it's getting me, you know, warmed up and I'm feeling good and I'm feeling quite confident. And then I had this little thing that I say, which is, um, even though I've spoken to the person, I know they're on the line. I have this thing that I say, that I introduce, so I'll say something like, you know, men are nuts, are you there? And once I've said that, or I don't know what happens, but, you know, with the music and just saying that little phrase every time, I just, I'm there. And these questions, I, I never get stuck, you know. I yeah. Like you, I just ask the questions, free flow. And, um, you know, my nerves don't kind of get in the way of me asking the questions. Um, and I do put it down to the fact that, yes, music is an amazing state changer. Um, and I, I, I do a lot of the um, pedometer, you know, where you do your steps. I, I like to try and do that. Sometimes I'm a bit slack with it, but when I do. But another thing I do while I'm on the air, I'm like dancing to the music and what have you. And so it gets your state, you know, you feel different, your emotions. And I think as black people, because we've gone through, you know, slavery, we've gone through, you know, we've gone through it and still going through racism. You know, when you come home or when you're walking down the street and you're playing your music, it's funny, I was walking down the street yesterday and um, playing my music on my headphones. And these people were, you know, these guys were stopping me and like, you know, like just kind of, you know, like acknowledging and saying, oh, you know, like, because I was, I was walking, but I was enjoying the music. So oh, I, I must have been like stepping and, you know, <laughs> so, but I was in my own little world, you know, I was like, 
if somebody was, you know, somebody was looking at me horribly or saying something horrible to me, I wouldn't, you know, even notice it. So definitely, I do believe that, you know, and I say this all the time, I, I believe that our music started in Africa and everywhere we go, we take those drums with us. So those drums are in soul music. Those soul drums are definitely evident in reggae music, calypso music, um, you know, all the music that, you know, comes from Africa because, you know, that's who we are essentially. But obviously moving around the world, you know, we have a slightly different interpretation. But the one thing that is remain consistent are those drums and those drums connect with, with our heart. And so yeah. it can literally bring down. So if people, because um, I'm hearing things like, you know, people got blood pressure, there's certain sounds that they can listen to yeah. that can bring it them right down. So yeah, music, yeah, music is so much more. And then it's funny, back in my day, um, when I was young and um, used to go and listen to music, um, there used to be like soul, soul kids and the reggae kids. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't do, I couldn't do one or the other. I loved both. I love my soul music. I love my reggae music. And um, so I'd have two sets of clothing. I'd have the um, blouse and skirt. Um, and then mm-hmm. for the soul, you had a bit more, you know, it was a little bit more um, glamour, glamour sort of base. So I had to like, you know, I was in both camps. And there was one club um, called, um, oh, what are they called? All Nations. In fact, my dad used to play there years ago when I was a kid. And um, it was still around when I was old enough to go out. And you'd have the soul room, the um, reggae room, the um, the kind of conscious, you know, reggae room, and you know, also the disco room. So you could just jump in in and out, you know, to all these different rooms. But yeah, I say that to say this. Um, I was um, listening to an interview. Where one of my friends, um, God bless him, he he passed away last year. He was interviewing um, a chap and. They were talking about reggae music, lovers rock, and the guy said that's co- it's called meditation in motion. And we had this dance that we did that was so slow. So you'd have the reggae lovers rock music, yeah. and people would dance. I don't know if you're old enough to oh, yeah. know this. This yeah, okay. And it was like the most amazing kind of dance, you know. And I mean, some people were a bit extreme, you know, like there's certain guys you just couldn't, you'd have to whack them and send them on their way because they were a little bit too naughty. But I, I mostly danced with somebody who I was with, you know, like a, a partner or something. Um, but, you know, sometimes you'd go out with your girlfriends and somebody would ask you to dance. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. So that was, I mean, our young people, they think they've got it going on with the dances they do. They have no idea. It was one of the most amazing dances. But, you know, on top of that, what I what, what I feel as well, it was so political. Because in in the UK, um, we oh, I was like first generation born in this country. And all those people at that time, we were all first generation. So we had this thing where our parents really wanted us to fit into this society, really saw it as, you know, you're getting an opportunity to, you know, that maybe we didn't get or, you know, people back home haven't got. So they really wanted us to kind of get in and get, you know, go up in the, you know, up in the, the, the ladders, or, you know, work and social ladders and what have you. And then we didn't feel accepted. There was this sort of um, 
subtle, you know, thing making you um, not feel good enough, um, what have you. Because I remember at school, um, we had this school down the road. It was a grammar school and everybody obviously wanted their children to get in. And um, our headmaster would, you know, find a way to stop the um, black girls from, from getting in. And thank God I had a grand that I, I, you know, I had. And she was like, you know, she was like Christian and they're praying and she would, and she would go up there and, you know, she made sure that I wasn't, you know, I got my opportunity and I, I, I actually did get in. But what he would do is he would persuade the girls to go, you know, to a, a, a different school and not that school and preserve it for, for the, um, the non-black, you know, people. So... It was like, um, I'm just trying to, where, where, where am I going with this? But it was like, you know, it was very important that, um, sorry, where, where am I going? Well, can, music, you, can you get me music, back yeah, on I'm, track? I, I can see where you're yeah. going with it, with the music, yes. That would help. So, yeah, so it was so, so important for us at that time, you know, to kind of like, you know, we were our parents really wanted us to get deep into this system. And then the system was pushing us back, like, you know, you you guys are second class. You're not the you're not, you know, you you don't deserve this. You don't deserve to get this kind of education. You don't deserve to get this type of job or to climb up, what have you. So what we had with that with that with our music, that's the one place where we could come together and just feel the love, you know. So that dance to me was very political. It was like you were, like the guy said, it was a meditation. It was like we didn't fit in with what our parents probably want or how they saw the system. They saw it as, you know, we're here, we're working hard. You know, we want you to do really well here because, you know, you've got a chance that maybe we didn't have. And we just didn't feel it. We just felt like, you know, these people don't like us. They don't really want us to be here um, and certainly not at that level that you want us to to, to kind of be and so there was this fallout and, and I you know there was a lot of young black men at the time who just you know opted out they just couldn't cope with you know the system um, the women the girls were probably doing a little bit better but even then you know there was still that feeling of I feel misunderstood so music and music that um, because we had lovers rock from you know uh, Jamaica, yeah. but we had our own lovers rock. And if you know a lot of these artists now, like Janet Kay, um, Carol Thompson, Romero Evans, Victor Romero, Romero Evans, and um, some other Louisa Mark, and there was a whole host of them yeah. based here in the UK. And it reminds me a little bit of the um, the grime that the young people are doing here, like. Because back in our time, it was like we had our own lovers rock. We'd also listen to reggae from from Jamaica, but we'd also listen to a lot of American imports. But what I notice now, the young people now in the UK are kind of back to where we were, where they're doing their own grime music. They're not even really as um, into the American and and you know Jamaican you know music as um, we were they literally just mostly focused on their own grime rap and what have you and then i'm sure they've got some music from abroad that they like but not at the same you know maybe not at the level that you know we did but i think 
Certainly our own lover's rock was our political way of saying, we feel misunderstood. You know, we don't know where we belong. We don't belong back home in our parents, you know, country where they were brought up. And we certainly don't feel as though we're welcomed here. But what we do have is each other. And this music is our comforter. You know, it's something we can turn to and put on. And certainly there was, you know, especially a lot of the music that was talking, like you were saying, talking about the streets. A lot of the guys, what I noticed, the girl, the guys were singing about the streets and the system and how it didn't, you know, it didn't treat them well. And then the girls were treating them about talking about the guys and how, you know, this guy, you know, probably didn't treat them the way they deserve to be treated and what have you. And this goes back to when you were saying earlier on about, you know, you wanted to do your rap and you were thinking about, mm, should I do love songs or, and for me, I really feel that, and I hear what you're saying about the street stuff, but one of the things I would say that I think goes even before that is I think we're becoming um, a global community as black people where we're, we're kind of, um, and this is, and I, I don't know, it might not sound politically correct, but it's like we're being kind of, um, it's like somebody outside of our community think of a black person. They're going to think about, oh, you know, terrible things happening and, you know, street stuff. And, you know, and I feel as though our, our suffering has kind of, um, you know, it's kind of our identity. And it's like, yeah, yeah. you know, young people, yeah, yeah. young people, are, yeah, young people are growing up feeling like, yes, you know, um, am I ever going to get killed? I'm going to go to prison or something yeah, horrible. Not, yeah, you know, that's no, black no, people's problem. And, and I, yeah, and I, I have a massive problem with that because I feel, you know, it, it, that, yes, we should address those things, but we should not make that our, our identity. Yeah. That, you know, and when I look at something like Black Lives Matter, I, I can see, you know, the um, reason to a certain extent behind it. At the same time, when I look at who is behind it, I'm a little bit kind of like, mm, yeah, I don't yeah, know, yeah, you yeah, know. You're and about, you're um, the, the hatred, yeah. yeah agenda. The, the, sorry. Yes, and agenda. the hatred towards, yeah, the hatred towards straight men um, in 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 the background of that um, platform, you know. Um, I, I just feel it, it's not kind of um, showing love to all black people um, and um, so uh, yeah you know but that's a whole other thing and you know sticking sticking to the narrative no, no, yeah that was a good that was a good point you made there as well because obviously and sometimes obviously like you say there's agendas from thinking and mm. you know what 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 one set of people went through is not going to be so for instance like you're saying even some of the things the, the the rap music today. I mean, I don't really listen to today's type of music and all that sort of stuff. I don't really listen to it. Oh. But um, when you do hear some of those things, then they didn't. As much as they might have the, the certain things, is there's certain things that have have improved for them. Do you see what I mean? So it doesn't mean. So 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 life might have improved for them. Oh. If we were the first, you know, you were the first ones, and you know, the generations come and. And we've paid the way. That means, in a in a roundabout way, things should be better um, because they're not facing what they what was happening in the seventies and sixties or even the fifties. So, 
Yeah. It's on something. They're facing their own issues now with it, the race and whatever, but doesn't, that doesn't, shouldn't be the be all and end all of us as black people. There should be other, other, other things that we can talk about, other narratives. And like you say, it shouldn't yes. be a stereotype. Yeah, I, I, I feel as though it's like it's, it's like when um, Kanye West and a few other people came into the rap game and, you know, they, they, they came in and they were singing about, you know, these terrible things. And then people looked him up and said, hold on, this guy is middle class. His mother is a successful, I think she was at the time, um, a lecturer or she was doing many, she, she was definitely not, he didn't have like a, a life in the in the streets and the ghetto, you know. He was educated. He was, you know, he came from a, a, a good background. But even he felt that he had to come in on that narrative. And you, you hear there's so many of the rappers that when you check them out, a lot of them have had, you know, come from middle class background, but they were kind of pushed into, yeah, you know, do street, do street, because you know, even though it isn't their story, yeah. Because where rap initially, rap initially started off as an educational, spiritual educational, it was really put in back. Because I remember, you know, when it first came out, it was talking a lot about hieroglyphics and really explaining, you know, black spirituality and really trying to help people to kind of understand that, you know, there is a, there was a, black people had their own spiritual uh, awareness, their own spirituality long before you know slavery and and even what's happened in africa where i think it's mostly you know the muslim religion or christian it's christianity there was there was um you know there was african spirituality so they were really teaching and waking up the um young people of that that time and that's that was the whole idea of of rap and it it woke up so many you know young men um, who started looking at themselves very differently, but it's been infiltrated in recent times, and um, yeah, it's um, it's not the rap that you know, is it um, is it Wu Tang and I can't remember the I don't really know the, the names, but like even Professor Griff and um, people like that, that you know what they were trying to bring, the narrative they were bringing is very different to what I mean. There was still those people still exist. There's still you know, young people coming up with, you know, positive rap, but they're actually being, you know, stifled by the, the noise of the rap that is really not educating our black pe- our young black people in a positive way. Yeah. So, so, you know, you know, with your, with your, I like the fact that, because I've noticed that, that you pick up a lot, you, with your, with your, your show, your podcast, and things like that—you, you do use music as a as a way, like you say, to kind of guide you in, and and you know maybe it's like meditation, maybe it's a soothing thing. What was the thing that you? Yes. What was the thing that you was going to mention before? You said you were going to have some words for it. Oh, I think that was that. Well, I think I might mention that was that when you were talking about the music, and I think you said something like. Um, Oh yeah, there's there's certain kind of music that does other things to you, and I was talking about the the meditation in motion. Meditation. I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. obviously, uh, obviously, also um, a lot of people joke that you know a lot of babies were started yes. in those uh, yeah. <laughs> in, yeah. The, <laughs> yeah, in those um, 
yeah. in those dances because you know it it was uh, you know i remember one couple that i know very very well and um they, they met at the um they met at a party and they danced like they did their first dance and say the party say the party is about three hours long they danced right to the end of the party so you know when the lights go on and everybody's saying yeah it's time now bye they were still up against the wall dancing they hadn't stopped seriously they had not stopped they might have stopped a couple of times to get water and what have you but they just yeah and so many people talk about that so many people talk about you know and even with the soul music how many people were born to Barry White and people like that or you know yeah or um you know boys to men and you know all these songs you know all these people and um making these amazing and the funny thing is all that all that sort of um r&b is is really kind of um gone away now what i've noticed um, they are bringing it back with um almost like with what reggae how reggae they have the lovers rock and then you've got the version afterwards so what's happening now they're saying is people are singing their their r&b and then they'll have somebody rapping either over it with them or you know after it or you know something like that so um i do feel i feel one of the reasons why for me and people might be God, why is she so much into to love love songs and what have you but i really feel that it's so as we were talking about with um the you know emotions and and how powerful music is I feel, you know, we need to, we definitely need to learn and we can learn so much. I often say to a lot of the artists when they come on, I said, you know, it's like the work you're doing, because most of the artists I interview, they, it's positive. It's like positive reggae, positive, you know, if they're doing rap, whatever they're doing, it's positive lyrics. And so it's, you know, I so say you can, you can literally transform people in three minutes where a movie would take two hours. You know, somebody going to educate themselves that could take years. But in one three-minute song, you can actually transform somebody's mind or, or start the process of transforming somebody's mind. So music is a really powerful, you know, learning tool. But also, you know, with love songs, and I don't, I don't even just see it as, oh, it's about the romance. Yes, of course. But, it, you know, when you bring that tempo right down and you just feel calm and nice and you just... Go, but you know, it takes you. It takes you to happy memories. Yeah. Now, how can that be bad? How can that be bad? So you're, you know, so I have this kind of thing because I think to myself, you know, as well as having a show, I'm somebody who's, when I was young, as a as a child doing my homework, always had the radio by my side. I was listening to the radio, so it'd be really low, and I'm doing my homework and stuff like that. So, and then when I was, you know, when I was, you know, grown up, I'd listen to the radio and I'd be, you know, doing my housework to it. Then you'd hear a certain song and it would just bring you to that place like oh wow i remember that song and what i was doing and it was lovely so when i play music now i i, I tend to always think you know yeah somebody's listening they might be doing their you know furniture polishing their furniture sweeping up or hoovering or you know doing something around the house cooking a meal and then they hear this song and it takes them back it transports them to this place maybe you know they think back to their wedding day or yeah. they think back to a or love that they night. had with or somebody. Night. Yeah. <laughs> Say that again. Or the wedding night. <laughs> or the wedding night, there you go. Well, yes. So so to me, I really feel we need to bring back the love in songs because 
you know, back in the day, um, say the 50, I mean, if you go back, even before, you know, my time or your time, you know, back in the 40s, the 50s, you know, people used to really, in fact, a lot of people say the old black and white movies, they really used to love without showing any piece of flesh and the music would be there and what have you and you know and even say in our own community you know there, there was all this all these beautiful songs that people have written that when a man loves a woman and you know all these things and people really cared about relationships back then yeah. and it meant that families kind of worked harder to stay together whereas I feel now it's like and I know and I I appreciate we're in a different time where men and women don't probably need each other in that same way. But at the same time, every time the work that I do, it doesn't matter who I'm talking to, if it's a man or a woman, everybody, every single one of them wants to have that love. And even those people who's out there and you feel they're like, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm out there and blah, 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 you know, and I'm not really serious about anything. I just want to have fun. You know, they always get to that point where something happens and they say, I don't know what hit me, but, you know, I feel this special feeling for this person I have not felt before. And I feel, again, that's where it comes into relationship where, you know, men and women, I think with women, women are always, they've, they've known from they were six years old. Uh, you know, most little girls have been to weddings and they look at the bride and they're like, yes, you know, that's me in 20 years or something. Little boys are thinking about, you know, I want to be a fireman or, you know, they're thinking more about, you know, I'm going to do something that's going to be really cool and action orientated. But I think with women, relationship has always been something that they've, you know, kind of expected for themselves. And men tend to stumble into it. Men tend to... You know, I don't, I don't know that there's too many men or young boys who sit in there thinking about their wedding suit, <laughs> you know. I, I don't think that happens. I don't think men sit around thinking, oh, I can't wait to get into a relationship. I think men always want women in their lives, but I think women are always looking to meet that person. Yeah, you know, they, yeah. they always expect, yeah, I'm going to have a relationship. And men, yeah, exactly. And men kind of wake up one day and think, I don't know what happened. This one's different, you know. And um, But I do think that relationship are still, is still very important because when you've got people suffer, because I, I believe we live in vibrations. We live in, we, we, we travel through vibrations. We, it's not the physical travel thing that we do. That's not what life is about. It's our vibrational traveling. And if we're on a frequency, so, so we're, living, we're on a frequency, we're listening to music that is, you know, kind of telling us, you know, that we're no good, we're crap, we're this, we're bad, and I want to hurt this person over here. And, and we're living in that frequency. So, yes, you've got your house that you live in, you've got the street that you live in, you've got the area, you've got the country, but really you're living on a, on a frequency, a vibration that is very low. And you're opening yourself up to attract things that belong to that vibration, that frequency. And I feel as though in our community, we're exposing ourselves to, you know, certainly, particularly our younger generation, who's 
um, probably open to certain types of music that is, you know, is always available to them. Um, so to me, I do feel that bringing back that sort of loving feeling where, you know, a woman, you know, kind of, she owns the, the, the relationship domain and that she knows that she represents that. And even in this modern world, I think, you know, young modern women, old modern women, you know, still want that situation. They still want that love. They still want, but they still, at the same time, they want to have that ability to be um, strong. And um, I don't like the word strong, but independent, you know, like, okay, I can go out there and start a business and be successful. And I can still have this amazing guy that loves and adores me. And I think what's happened in recent times is that women, the world has changed a lot for women. So women are, you know, are coming into the marketplace and they're finding, you know, um, success in the workplace, which is very different from even back in my time and certainly back, you know, the generations before, before my time. And I think what's happened is I think for men, things have not really changed an awful lot and, and it goes back to what you were talking about earlier on you know why is there so much um, depression you know in in our men and i really believe especially in that when we look at our community because if we look at our community you know black men are not feeling invited to the table in the in in, in this world they're not feeling as though they're here in the uk and you know they can go out there and do what they, you know. I mean, we just have to look at what happened to Mr. George Floyd last year. He was just going about his business, and he wasn't the only one. How many, how many names have they listed of, of, you know, black men and, you know, women are coming through as well, but particularly black men who can't, don't even feel safe to walk the streets, um, don't feel safe to jump in their cars and go on a, on an errand. So when you've got men in the community and then if jobs are not um you know they're not exposed to the, the kind of work that they want to do so they can take care of themselves and their family then it's going to be you know it's going to be very difficult yeah. for them to feel oh i'm gonna you know go into a relationship and take care of my you know get a lovely girl and you know produce some children and we're going to try you know we're going to we're going to have a great time building our lives together um so we've, we've got this issue this imbalance going on and so the women still want to be loved and cherished and adored and what have you and the men want to feel like a man and um, at this moment in time not only are the black men feeling as though they're not being able to have the opportunity to be the man that they want to be it's also happening in other communities and now we've got this um this group of people called men going their own way yeah, where they just yes yes i don't know i mean what's your thoughts on that because i was shocked i was really shocked i was like wow and this is not just black men but a lot of black yeah, men no. are on are on these groups yeah i wasn't shocked to be honest because um like i said to you when we spoke about men mental health and all that sort of stuff and i and you know, I've, I've, I've noticed it because it's, it's been a few years now, this MGTOW thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Two, maybe even longer, but three, four years now. And men going their own yeah. way. And I think 
you know, there's a there's a guy that's just kind of come up. His name's Kevin Samuels. Kevin, is it Kevin Samuels? Yeah. Oh yes, I've heard of him. Yeah, yes, I have. And he's <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, he has his thing. <laughs> he he's I've been watching some of his things over the last few days, and it's he's I see the funny side of what he does. Um, mm-hmm. What I've noticed, particularly, let's just say he's dealing with American women. Now, right, he's, yeah. he's made a point in one of the videos where, um, because what's happening, what's what's happening over there is that a lot of the women are, are mm-hmm. becoming, because they've gone into the workplace, becoming very mori- mm-hmm. money orientated. And what he was saying is that it's a bit like in America. Is, is he asked the questions to them like, why? How much do you, how much would you want your man to earn? And it always seems to be, know, it might be a different culture, I don't know, but I don't know if, I don't know if it's spread elsewhere. Um, in America, <laughs> in America, they have this thing, and it's so money orientated. So, and it's, yeah. Maybe that's been forced on them because of the way the government's done things. Because I think their system is very different yeah, to yeah. ours. Yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you have to have two mm-hmm. jobs and three jobs and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. To, to make mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. So when. Um, when he asked the question, he's saying, "Oh, you've got to be earning a hundred thousand. I'm thinking, what, hundred thousand dollars a year? Um, and a lot of <laughs> but that, that's not a lot in our money. Yes, I think I that's like well, fifty grand or. Yeah. They say that's. They say, well, it's not far off English money in a sense, but a hundred thousand. They're saying, and basically what he's saying is that there's there's only a small percentage of men. That earn that mm-hmm. very like I mean it's something like one or two percent of men that earn that amount of money and more. The average mean, the average money, the, the average amount of money that somebody a man might earn is is um, around fifty thousand, and that's the average for you know for any job or whatever. That's an average, yeah. Yeah, in, in America, and he, he's saying that basically what there's one episode where he said that they did all these things happened. So basically, there was a push in the was it this nineties or whenever it was or two thousands, where magazines took over and they started saying the women need to do this and and then there was these coalitions and all this sort of stuff and then what happened is it drove what governments were doing was force making women and I just I still believe that they make women go into the workplace because they don't want they don't want they see having kids the government sees having kids as a burden a family having two or more kids as a burden on society and by making black women go into the workplace or women in general it makes it stops them having kids and it, and it, and because by the time they get to the um you know 40 or whatever, the eggs have disappeared and blah blah so it stops them having kids um and so then there's things like payouts for men they don't need to pay out men when the men die and all this sort of stuff because men's payouts is is you know, for when they die, it goes to the woman and all that sort of stuff. So there's there's a massive thing to do with the way they deal with. So the the push, even though they've gone for equality and all that sort of and all these sort of things, what they're saying, it's then there's an agenda of stopping things. So then what happens is you have a breakdown. You have a breakdown in communication. You have a breakdown in society. You have a breakdown in this thing to do with because it's so money orientated. They, they want money. Um, they don't see that the, the because the average man isn't earning that much money. They don't want them, even though they're going for this high level of man, which is only one percent, and they can't get them. And you've got women, 
a bit video. You got you got people who are women who are who are single parents and uh-huh. all sort of stuff, and they're trying to get this man who's on a hundred thousand, and it's and basically what he's saying is not attainable. So what I'm trying to say is, there's definitely been uh, some sort of agenda that's been pushed to 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 get. I'm not saying that women shouldn't be earning. I'm saying there's a definite agenda to to get women in the workplace because of those reasons, and I think it's led to a. Um, men feeling like oh well well you know then women stop oh, we don't need you because we've got money we don't need we don't need your help we don't need this so okay right okay so it's not the money that you don't it's not, so okay so it's only the money that you don't need what about um, the love and affection but they equate everything to money so what happens then is men have gone their own way decided you know what well okay then if that's what you're, if, if and it's almost like this feminist thing back, you know, the, the 2000s and that sort of stuff, movements, and it's kind of reared its head again, which which he reared its head in the 60s and 70s. Now it's reared its head again. Um, men have decided, you know what, we're not going to, we're not going to bother. We're just going to live on our own and do our own thing. If that's the way you want to be, we'll keep our money for ourselves. Because and also there's this thing to do with. Um, a lot of the men have had kids and they've divorced and, and all, all these sort of things and the states have, have, have forced men to pay out a lot of money for, for a month time for kids for the kids when really they don't kids don't need that amount of money to, to be given to them a month um, it could be thousands you think gosh why does a kid need a thousand pounds but it's not it's for the upkeep to do the woman and all that sort of stuff. So that's why I, you know, I think there's a, there's a, it's become fractious. There's, there's, you know, we, you know, we, we, you know, instead of men saying, you know, we're going to struggle with our mental health and, you know, which they have done, they decided, you know what, instead of doing that, we're just going to go our own way and do what we need to do for ourselves rather than, you know, there's, there's, I've saw, I saw on video, I've seen videos where men are deciding, you know, they're not going to look after somebody else's kid. Um, they're not going to get. They're not going to go with single mothers anymore. And this, that, and so, there's definitely a massive breakdown, and there's some sort of love lost because of money. That's what I think. I just think money is the root of it, and it's, and it's there's definitely a love lost. And that you're saying there, you're hinting on it, is that that needs to come back. It needs to come back, whether it's through, and maybe music is that thing that brings it back. Um, some sort of guys. Okay. I heard everything you said there and I've got definitely stuff I want to kind of contribute. Um, Now, definitely the feminist movement, again, you know, I'm probably not, (laughs) I'm probably not talking from a political correctness. I definitely believe that women doing work that men are doing, yeah, they should be paid equal. You know, if a man's doing, you know, they're both side by side working in the the organisation, of course, I, I didn't. I don't quite understand why women weren't being paid the same back in the day. Um, but what I'd also say is one of the sad. This is what is so sad to me, and the reason why I realise it is a real issue is because yes, when it's in our community, we kind of you know we can equate it to racism and all these different things. But when you see that happening in other communities too then you realise that mm, there's a bigger agenda here. And I learned a few years ago that the feminist movement, I know they say it was started by a, a, a woman, but it was actually, this woman, this was funded 
by the Rockefeller Institute in, um, family or the Rockefeller, you know, Institute. Um, and that was the beginning of the breakdown of the family. And when I when I was young, I used to watch <coughs> used to watch a lot of um, you know these sitcoms and you know these really good not not just the um, not just the Cosby's, but there was all these little American you know um, black families, and there was always you know two parents. And, and as we got out, you know, towards the end of the seventies, the eighties, then you started to see more single families single parents you know and um it's become you know I remember my, my daughter was saying when she was married and her and her husband would go to the school to drop their their children off they it, it was it was rare to see two parent families in in this time that we were in now most people are coming from single whereas in my day it was the other way around Near everybody had two parents and when when my parents split up it was for me it was actually very traumatic because it was like oh my god I'm the only one you know in my year in my school or what have you there were others but people just didn't talk about it because it was seen as you know something that you know oh my god don't you know don't you don't want no one to know because it was so rare back in those days and basically the Rockefeller you know, got behind the feminine because obviously, if you got men, you know, going on about, you know, we have to change things for women. It be, you know, it's not going to have the same effect. But when you've got women uh, being funded to push this narrative, and you know, and so this is where the big changes take place. So women have changed a lot because the feminist movement have kind of, you know, put a voice out there, and you know. So definitely women have jumped on, obviously, um, to some degree or, or another. And at the same time, while this was being pushed, the men were losing jobs. A lot of the jobs that men were doing, you know, they started, to, you know, those jobs started to disappear. And so men were getting less and less jobs, you know, trade type jobs and jobs where they know that they could just leave school and go and get a good job and start their families and, um, you know, be, 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 be part of a family structure. So all that was happening. And so, yeah, there, there was... And what I find sad is that people, men and women, are now attacking each other yeah. online. People, people, people have started whole, whole channels because I've got a YouTube channel and I go on YouTube and I look at different things and... Obviously, you know, I'm doing a show, so I'm always looking for, you know, what's what's being talked about. Um, also, with the work that I do, I want to see what people are talking about online. And I get really sad and really shocked to see that there's two camps online. There isn't, there's very few people talking about men and women. And one of the things I'm going to do with my channel is, is, is start to bring back the love. I want to talk about men and women because what has happened, it's like, it's like, Men and women think that they are the enemy of each other, yeah, and I don't believe that 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 is not true. That men was, still love women. Women still love men. Yes. Women, listen. You go. You talk as a woman. If you talk to women, women still love men. Men, women adore men. And if you talk to men, men still adore women. But because of this madness that's been because because you, you you know you hit the nail on the head. 
it is more financially viable to have um, you know split families so men over there women here women they've got the children and they can go out and get you know the jobs and and, and maybe come up the, the the ladder a lot you know easier uh, men feel like you know they're being saddled with all these payments when they split up with their wife or, or, or partner or you know and um, it just calls it just leaves a bad taste for everybody all around yes and I think you know I remember reading this book once and it had on the cover it had two men it was a book it was actually what was it called I can't remember but it, it was like showing two people who were kind of fighting each other and at the top they had these puppeteers holding the strings yeah. so they're fighting and then at the top there's somebody you know and that is what is happening yes that's why that is what is happening that's why for me um i really feel strongly about love and relationship and to the point where i thought you know what i want to take what i've learned in the work that i've been doing and you know take it to the next level and get myself accredited and really you know put something different because it's just crazy absolutely crazy what's going on out there at the moment you know men on this side talking about yeah women are this and women are that women are over here saying men are that take them for every penny they can get you can get and at the end of the day nobody's going to be happy because if if i'm going into a relationship just to get something from a guy and there's no love there you're not going to enjoy it anyway you're, you're not going to enjoy it you're going to if it's just if that's all you're there for you know and it's the same with the men if the men are just like playing the girls oh i've got 10 girls because you know women are to a penny or what have you um you know you're not gonna that that is not gonna keep you going eventually that is going to become very stale and you're gonna have to do a lot of work later on because one of the things that is happening is um like you said all this thing of men you know depressed men committing suicide because we need each other you know we need each other women men and women need each other and i'm so worried for our young people that's who i'm really worried for and we, and we do because we've got to remember that happiness everyone forgets this thing that happiness what happiness, ca- mm-hmm. happiness causes it causes the levels of serotonin to go through the roof yes we, we need yes we need, it, we need that because you know as, as much as people say oh, you know you know you say this thing of money money doesn't bring happiness okay it brings a certain level of something comfort or whatever which then leads to happiness um but you don't yeah we we, it, we, we need temporary. money because we live in a society where money is the driving force yeah. for us to have what we want yeah. absolutely but it's that's temporary but that's temporary because what happens is when you move into a house and you're happy with it you make a change so you make a change and you make yes. change the you might put um a throw over the sofa or you, you mm-hmm. change the, and every six months or every year you're changing it whatever it may be you move the things around so, yes or you might move mm-hmm. to a different place so it's temporary mm-hmm. whereas love is i don't you know the love isn't yes it might not last for this that and that but it's not temporary it, it carry it can it can endure do you know what I mean? It can your love for um, a TV program, your love for this, or love. 
brings happiness and it and it brings endurance so music your love for a certain oh. type of music or your love for the way the person sings or the the words it it endures and it can last for you for you know like if you look, if you say take bob marley his music has lasted um for for for, for decades and it's still it's still you put his song now on and you know they say that one of his you know some of his songs are the last are the longest songs ever that have lasted in the yeah. charts that have lasted in the charts some of his yeah. songs are still in the charts now and from the from when he from in the 70s so we love endures so we need and so somewhere along the line like you said all these things and i've kind of I've, I've looked into it like you said the thing to do rockefeller and all that sort of stuff and you know it's been created and manufactured to stop us yes. to, 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 yes. to, to, to break down and I think uh, uh, you know the, one of the main things is it's not to create you know we say that music can help create families and babies and stuff like that and it's one of the things is that you know as black people we can we can create well as humans anyway but black people we tend to create a lot of children and sometimes we can have four or five maybe even more um, <laughs> and what happens is, if you've got too many, it's a burden on the state. Particularly then, if the man and one, man and woman split up. So, ro- so <laughs> rather than do that, let's just send women into workplace and not, not have, not create any babies and have less, um, and have the men. Things. So there's a lot of things financially. The reason why that's been done is done financially. And like I say, um, it's. Um, I think that like you're saying the, you know, what you're doing is with your podcast is. It, 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 mental health it, it leads to a breakdown in mental health it leads to a breakdown in society all these things oh. um, and that's what we're seeing we're seeing these things and it's been played out in, in battles online fights online of um, and it shouldn't why? why? we're, we're human people, people are scared you know, people are scared and we're supposed to be together we're supposed yeah. to connect and why yes. are we fighting each other men and women um over what we know and we can clearly see get, again I'm going to go back to that the Kevin Samuels thing he's clearly yeah. getting success from his channel because women are coming on wanting even though they might be saying oh you want someone who's earning 100 whatever but clearly women are coming on the show um, asking him I cannot get a man so clearly with Shut- all the will in the world to do with the money women wow. we both need each other Absolutely. You know, I think as well, um, there was a particular out, there was a big outroar recently with him and particularly a young woman who came on and said she wanted a six-figure earner. And I think a lot of people, and, you know, because I I remember somebody, I think one of my sisters told me, my sister was like, oh, this woman, she's just wanting men for money. So, you know, you've got to watch this video. So I watched it and um, I feel, I I kind of, um, with her, that I don't know if you've seen that one, you know, one where he, he I think they labelled it, he said she's going to die alone, something like that. It, it went all over, the. it became a big thing. And um, she was saying she wanted a six-figure earner because she was a six-figure earner. And what had happened is when she dated people who were not on that same income level, she found that it, it just didn't go very well. And so she she assumed that maybe if she went for somebody who was on the same financial level um it would be it would work out better but it's not so much about that it's not really about is is he earning a six figure is she earning a six figure 
it's really about the the, the big changes that's happened in the, the, the you know men and women's lives where the women of my generation and, and before particularly before um, they understood that the the man was like the you know he was a breadwinner and he had certain you know influence in the you know and the woman was the one who took care of the children and the home and she had the influence of the children and the home um but we live in a time now where women can actually go out there and earn six seven eight figures and like you said there's a small margin of men in our community that you know are, are probably able to earn that kind of income but you see, what has to happen is it doesn't mean that women should stop earning their six, seven figures if that's what they're capable of and if they want to do that. But it's about learning about the feminine energy, learning how to yeah. go to the workplace and be, you know, take all your masculine energy and pour it in there, but then come home and bring it right down the- to where your feminine energy and your man, even if you're earning, 10 times his salary, he still feels like the man. And that is the problem that's going on, is that... And then a lot of people are saying, it must be the money thing then. But like you just said, if 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 those opportunities are not open to men, you know, the majority of men that are available to women in the, in the black community or whatever community, then we have to use our, our... We have to use our senses. We've got five senses for a reason because we may not have life the way it should be or how it was before, but we've got to remember we're still biologically wired to fall in love. Women are still, no matter how successful a woman is, she still wants children, she still wants to be wooed. I watched this interview with Oprah. As we know, Oprah is a multi-billionaire person and she's she's, um, been dating very successfully um, this man called Stedman. And she was interviewed and she said, you know, even though I've got all this and I can I can buy, I can go out and treat myself a hundred times over. She said it's still important to her that when she, you know, that Stedman can buy her little flowers or take her out for a meal or what have you. And this is the problem. So if, say I'm a seven figure, six figure woman and I can buy all these things for myself and say my man is a five figure, four figure, you know, earner. And then he takes you out to where he can afford and buys you a nice meal. And if you're going to screw your face up and be, you know, I don't want this, I don't want that, that is going to be a problem. Um, because what has to happen is we, we can't look at the way things were. Back in the day, yes, men were the providers. So it was normal for men to be, you know, they would have the, you know, they would have the ability to to go out and do things to their women but if you're drawn to a man who you love and he loves you and he hasn't got that kind of income but you obviously still need him to show you his love to his ability to his capacity you have to find a way to you have to appreciate you know like they said it's the thought it's the it's the it's the work that somebody goes to if you if you know when you can when you want to buy what you want to buy for yourself yeah then do that but you have to make your man feel needed um in the work that i do a lot of women for some reason they tend to be quite successful with what they're doing i'm not saying they're like 
multi-millionaires or anything, but they've got careers, they're doing well. And a lot of them, a lot of the thing they will say, they start off with, I don't know why I can't hold down my relationship. I don't know why my relationship isn't working. And then they'll say this thing that comes up every time. But I don't need a man, you know, but I want, and I said, that is the problem. If a man does not feel needed, if a man does not feel needed, and it doesn't mean that you need him to buy you things or this and that, but if he feels, if he doesn't feel needed, then, you know, and if he feels that you have got all these things and that is your, you know, that's how you see yourself. You see, as a feminine woman, even if you're making a lot of money and you've got lots of resources, you should still be able to kind of retain that femininity and you know even if it's it doesn't matter you know even if it's a man open the door for you now a lot of men complained in recent times that they don't know what to do they're walking they want to open the door they're sitting down maybe in the bus or somewhere the woman is standing they don't know if they should stand up and let her take the seat they get told how dare you and so men are very confused they don't really know what you know, they, they don't know what we want right now as women because some women still want the door opened and some women still want the, 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 chair, the chair pulled before, you know, everybody before they both get seated. And so that is the problem because things have changed and there hasn't been a real structure um, outlining to everybody what is really going on. Um, so people are putting bits and pieces together and um, but in terms of people in general, people are just getting into relationships and not really having deep conversations to find out, OK, we are living in a time where there's a revolution in relationships. On top of that, we also have the, the Internet and the social media. And, you know, people are seeing lives, you know, men are seeing amazing looking women and they're like, well, I want one of them. And then women are seeing, you know, men giving women amazing lifestyles you know or women living amazing lifestyles with their men and they're like i want that and that's the problem so people are looking at social media and they're thinking well you know i want that and so instead of looking at what they do have to hand the man they have in their life or the woman they have in their life and you know saying okay how can we make the best of what we've got and not look at what other people are doing because you have to understand as well social media is you know people are giving sharing stories that might not always be real people can put anything anyone can go out there and put something up and you know have people going oh my god you know and it might not even be real so people are actually trace chasing you know this horizon that they can never really um, get to so that's another problem as well people are actually you know looking at their own situation and thinking oh this you know she doesn't look like so and so on my on my on my feed you know i've got i've got this beautiful woman that comes up every night every week on my feed and he's thinking my woman don't look like that she ain't got the curves she ain't got the the, the look of that woman and then the woman is thinking oh you know He's not buying me the gifts that that woman that you know that 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 blog that I plug plug into and I watch that woman having an incredible life you know living the lifestyle that I've always wanted and he's not doing that for me so they're having this resentment towards each other for things that you know 
20 years ago, people would be happy and settled and comfortable. Because back in the day, we all, back in the, the old days, people wanted a role mate. So people, women knew they needed to have children, men needed to have children. So women knew that they had to get with a man, a man knew he had to get with a woman, to, you know, and they got into the relationship. And it wasn't, they weren't looking to be soulmates, they were just looking to be happy and, you know, support each other. But now we want something different. Women, men and women are looking for that special one. But what I'm here to say is there is no special one out there. What you have to do is you have to come together. Bob Marley, you mentioned Bob Marley. Bob Marley's got a song that says, there's a lyric in there that says, um, I'm probably saying it a bit wrong, but essentially he's saying, listen, everyone's going to hurt you. Just choose the one that you are happy with, the one that you don't mind you know, having the struggles and the, you know, while you try to figure this thing out, because trust me, there is going to be struggles in relationship, because here you are, you have two people, two different backgrounds, two different life experiences, you know, they, they come, they, they, they're coming together and they're getting into this vehicle, this one vehicle called relationship, and they've got to move this thing, you know, yeah. through the communication. Think of the word communication, commute, commute commute moves things forward communication moves things forward and if the woman says to the man oh the man says to the woman oh i want you to be my girl i want you to, i want to get into a relationship and she says oh that's wonderful thank you and then they don't talk about what does that mean you see if a man says to you i want you to be i want to get into a relationship with you because of where we are in life now back in the day you didn't need to you knew exactly what it meant now you have to ask, do you mean, is this a casual relationship? Is this a friends with benefits relationship? Is this, you know, what, 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 does, what do you, you know, what, what do you mean? People have to have conversations. People have to, I can't say to you, I like the color blue when there's 20 different shades of blue because I might go and buy you something blue and it might be the shade of blue that you hate. So people have to understand that there's many different ways of doing relationships now. It's not the old style where men and women came together. They knew that they had to go and see the father and tremble, you know, and tremble at the, you know, wonder what he's going to say. Is he going to say, yes, you can have my daughter's hand in marriage or is he going to send you on your way? It's not like that anymore. You know, the woman is in charge of giving her way herself. But that's the thing. Women have to understand, you know, their, their value, their worth, not based on the money that they earn. This is something that a lot of women throw up online that I've seen, um, is they will talk about their value based on the job that they do, yeah. the earnings that they have. Yeah. And that is not what men, you know, men are into, men are visual, men are looking at, you know, what they see. Men, it's first of what, what, what he sees. He has to be physically attracted. To, to the woman. So self-care, self-love is very, very important. Um, and then for men, I don't so much believe that women are looking for six-figure, seven-figure, eight-figure men, but I think they're looking for a man that they can trust, a man that, a man that is wanting a long-term relationship, a man that they feel is going to be faithful. One of the things I see again and again and what I hear again and again is you know, men ghosting women, women not feeling as though the men are, um, 
you know, are faithful uh, and things like that. And I still think all that comes to, you know, comes down to what we were talking about earlier on. And, you know, a lot of women, I feel, are really stressed because they have to do so much, you know, as you were saying earlier on. And if you don't know how to come down, you know, like when you're doing all this, you're busy, 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 busy. And you don't know how to come down and relax and create the this sacred environment around yourself. And I don't mean the way the the, the, the room looks, but it's the atmosphere that's created. You know how people will say things like, I walked into this room and I could cut the you could cut the energy with a knife. So the atmosphere the atmosphere is a real thing. It's it's not, you know, energy. You know, if you are if you live in a room or if you live in a house you, that house has got an energy based on the people living there. So if there's a lot of arguments and, you know, negative talk, you know, if you're very sensitive, if you're an empath, you can walk into that room and you can feel that. And if they, if you've got another room where the people are just, you know, loving and gentle and caring, that can be felt. Yeah, you can feel women, that. women have the ability to do that. And they used to be this old saying, the woman behind the man. Now, obviously, we don't live in that time anymore. We live in a time where women beside the man. So the woman, the woman's domain is the relationship. So she, this is what most women, a lot, some women might say, no, that's not, that's not what I yearn for. But let's just talk about the majority. We're not talking about those who are different from the, the norm because women are still, we still got the old, we still inherited the old bodies of our ancestors. We haven't got a new design. Yes, we've got a new way of looking at life. We've got a new level of consciousness where now, you know, women, you know, know they can do lots of things that they were told they couldn't do before. So that has changed. But our old bodies that we've inherited is from our ancient ancestors. So those bodies still require that a woman is going to have a need to, you know, nurture, you know. And so, yeah. So that is still very much the same. And, you know, men, it was, someone said to me once, and I, and I kind of like, what? But they said, men are looking, men are more into falling in love, more, more into love, the, the thing about love than women. I was like, no, women have all these magazines and these, these um, romance books. But what they actually meant was this. When things start to go a little bit sour, or not not so much sour, but you know when you get the struggle period in, because people don't like struggle in their relationships, especially the modern men and women. As soon as the struggle comes in, you you know, they'll be like, oh God, you know, it's not working, I'm out of here. But what people don't realise is there is a natural struggle because you're two different people. You know, the man is, you know, like we said earlier, you know, man's got his, you know, he's coming from his own background and his own stuff and what have you. And we've all got some emotional baggage. So all that is coming in. So it's like, think of it like you've got this car and you're loading up, you know, you're, you know you've got you, you've got the man, you're both in the front seat. Then you've got all your stuff in the boot and your stuff in the, the back seat. And maybe there's stuff you're like, God, I've got to squeeze this in. But, you know, where am I going to put it? And the car is now weighed down. So the whole point is you come in quite light. You don't really, you come in and you don't realize, oh my God, he's got baggage to put into the boot. She's got baggage to put into the boot. 
you know it's like you both meet and you just see two people but then as you get to know each other you start to learn more about each other so the 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 first few years of the relationship is learning about each other and that's what people don't realize people think it's all about the lovey-dovey because that's what we come in with but that's only because mother nature has um you know that's how mother mother nature's populated her world if we didn't have those yearnings for each other who would who would bother (laughs) to um you know have babies and, and come together people just wouldn't be drawn to that but because you know these um sexual urges and and emotional needs are are built in to our biology you know and that's all done through the bodies that we've inherited from because we get our souls and that from the 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 kind of um the you know the sort of upper consciousness if you will and then we get these physical bodies that we give back to mother nature when we leave so everything is wired for us to be drawn to you know, populate this planet. So it's it's a natural thing that if you've got two people moving in to a relationship, just like when you move into a house, you know, it takes time for you to realise, you know, what fits where, what's going there, what's going to, you know. And it's about you both tearing up, literally tearing up your old belief system that you inherited usually from your school, from your parents, and sitting down and designing a new one together. And we call this like your, you know, your relationship goals. Because if you come in, say you come in and you say, right, you know, for me, I always do this. This is what I do. And say your partner is like, you know, this is one of the things I really, really hate. So you always do this and she really, really hates it. You obviously you've got to sit down and talk about this. You've got to look at okay, this thing that I that I've been conditioned to do, that is upsetting my that really has always upset my partner when she's been around that. Is it is that more important for me to keep doing that, um, or is it more important for me to see what how we can compromise and stay in a relationship? Is it more important for me to compromise on this and grow as a person? Because a lot of the things we want to keep and, and behave as. It's not even helping us. It's things that is part part of our, you know, it's probably on our bad traits, you know, like you might say, oh God, I've got these bad traits that, you know, is, is not very good. And a lot of the times what happens in relationships, people feel, well, I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not changing for you. But it's not about changing for anybody. It's about sitting down together and looking at, okay, these so-called values that I have, are they really supporting me having a happy long-term relationship and it's not like one person should make all the sacrifices and every person sitting there saying yes this is exactly how I want it to be both parties need to sit down and, and it takes time because you need to figure out am I willing to do the work and this is why when we hear about work what we're talking about is a relationship is like a mirror revealing you to yourself so when you when your partner says something to you like you know when you um when you waste money like that, you know, I really don't like it. You know, I really feel that that money, we could use it for this, this, this and this. And you're like, well, I spend my money how I want to. Is that really something that is going to enhance your life? And is it something that's probably going to come up again and again? And is it something that's good for you on your own anyway? So a lot of the things that people have fights about, it usually is things that if they saw it as, you know, I'm looking in this mirror at myself, 
And this is actually something that is not really good for me in the longer term, because, you know, in the end, I'm losing, you know, thousands, if not millions of pounds over a lifetime. And that could be used to do so many things. It could be used to send my children to a certain school or help them to buy their first house or whatever. Do you know what I mean? So some of the things that we might say is just something I've always done or it's something that, you know, my family's always done. And if it's not working, you both can look at maybe how can I chisel out a better version of myself? So that's what a relationship is like for the first few years. The actual real love doesn't happen in the first seven years, believe it or not. That's why we talk about seven-year itch. It takes years for people to really have true love. That beginning stage like, is, is really, it's all to do with, you know, it's all to do with, like, lust and, you know, lovey-dovey and, you know, making me feel good emotionally, stroking my ego, all that stuff. It really takes a long time. So people get married and they get their certificates. And I heard this joke from They said, you know, marriage is the only, the only thing you do that you get a certificate before you even, you know, get in. Um, then you get another one to get out. <laughs> but it's really about understanding that, you know, a relationship. And, and when we talk about, you know, what we were talking about with, say, the black community, with all the stuff that we've got going on, you know, we've, we've inherited, you know, so much stress and trauma from our um, ancestors through the slavery that our, our um, ancestors endured. So we've got that baggage that we've got to bring into the relationship vehicle. And, you know, then we might have come from a, you know, broken home or something, you know, or we've got racism that we have to endure. So all this is coming in. We might have our own insecurities about ourselves. You know, a woman might think, oh, you know, do, do I look this way in that? Do I, am I the, am I the most attractive woman? Yeah, this is my dress. Do thinking, I look big in this dress? Yeah, and then he's <laughs> thinking, oh, can I, can I give her, am I going to make her happy? Have I got enough? You know, is she going to, is she going to, you know, look at somebody else and say, oh, they've got more than me and she's going to want to be with them and not. So everyone's coming in with all this stuff and, People are not focused on, you know, the thing. There's so, and there's so much more distractions. So my thing that I feel when I look at what's going on, you know, online, these coaches, they're not helping people to really come together. Because that girl that he was talking to with a six-figure um, income, I would have said to her, if it was me, I would have said to her, you know, asked her a lot of questions about why and get her to get to a point where she realised oh, I don't really need a guy with six figures. I just need a guy that's going to love me and not want to use me and who's going to love me for who I am and accept that, you know, I'm, I'm quite a high, high achiever. And, you know, he's going to come in with something that I don't have and see it as, okay, I have, I have the ability to, to have this money, but he might have the ability to with something else that is going to be a benefit, to the, a value to our relationship. So you see, if we look at if we're looking at it as if we're trying to fit into this old way that doesn't exist for us anymore, it's like it's like putting on some shoes, yeah, and they're two sizes too small. But you know, because they belong to your 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 mum and you you know she looks really good in it, and you're like, oh, I want to wear those shoes. 
um, it's going to be painful. And that's why relationships are painful, because people are putting on things that don't fit in their relationship. And what we have to do is we have to look at what, what is, where are we now? We're in the 21st century. It's a modern world. There's a lot of noise, a lot of distractions. There's the social media. There's all sorts going on all over the place. And you have to find a way to stay focused. So you need a vision that you're both moving towards. You need to work on yourself. More than ever, you have to be transparent. You have to keep, you have to be somebody who wants to look at your personal development. Personal development in and in being in a relationship is paramount. You cannot go into a relationship and be sloppy, Dan, or, or you know, thingy, you know, uh, blooming Betty who's, who, who doesn't care. You know, you can't go in and just give, be happy to give the other person sloppy seconds. You have to go in there and you have to look, be, be prepared and be willing to give the best of yourself, whether it's, you know, your, your physical self, your mental self, your emotional self, and your spiritual self. You need all four of these areas to be focused on. Um, because if you if you you know if you move away from one of them, you're going to find that there's problems because of the way um, what people's expectations and you have to talk talk talk. You have to everything you talk about. So if you say I'm getting into a relationship, what does that mean to you? What does a relationship mean to you? What kind of relationship is this? You know you have to ask because if you don't, you could find that down the road you're both like well I didn't. This is not how I do relationships. This isn't what this isn't what I meant. And you know, people get disappointed, and you know, they go online and they join one of these, um, you know, people who are opting out. You know, whether it's the women turning against the men or the men turning against women. So, to me, I just think it's really sad, especially for young people. You know, it's so important yeah, that our young people continue. Sorry, we, say that again. I was saying we are the role models. You know, you say, yeah, for the young people. Yeah, but but the thing is, even when I look at it, I feel wow. As I look at where I started, relationships, everything has changed. I mean, never had social media. I mean, I, I remember when I was at school, we had this one computer, and like seven people would be standing around, and the teacher would be on it, and we're all looking and thinking, oh my god, what's this? That's that's kind of you know that's what I remember at school. We we the computer was there, but it wasn't something that we used all the time. Yeah. We used it you know intermittently. Whereas now, even a five-year-old has got um, an iPad or a little phone or something that they you know, that they're tapping on. So we live in a time now where people. So even being a an, an older person, it's it's still a bit tricky because you don't. You know, unless you live the life that young people are living, nobody, nobody of a certain, over, I don't know, over 40 knows what it's like to be a young person in this modern world because they've been brought up into, you know, phones and, you know, computers and all these different things in school. From day one, age five, you're on the computer. So their life, their world, they see it so differently. But it doesn't... Like we said, you know, one of the things that we know that has stayed the same, we know that, you know, consciousness is still the same. We know that these bodies that men and women occupy is still the same. And we know that the needs 
are still the same. So we've still got a lot of things that are the same. Do, do you, does it make sense to you? Yeah, it does. And, you know, I know. And sometimes, we, you know, it, when we looked at the, when you looked at that thing to do with the, the viral thing that went over with the Kevin, that Kevin guy, I mean, I don't agree with everything it says, but he, you know, we only, he actually said, he actually said in, in that video, um, that video is only a snippet. What he puts out there, that's only a snippet of what the whole call was. So the call must have... Oh, wow. Yeah, so the call would have gone on for two hours. And in the end... Oh, wow. And in the end, because his videos where this, the calls are two minutes, two hours, and he says that, you know, he's obviously not going to put a two-hour... Most calls, he's not going to put every video call. It's going to be two hours on the internet. He'll just, just put a snippet on so people get a gist of what's happening. Now, obviously, that's gone whatever viral. But you could... I can. He's, he's kind of similar. He's kind of saying... In, a, in his kind of way, what you're saying, even from the small snippet of what he does on the, the, the channel, what you're saying there is that we need to bring... Um, you, you spoke about masculine energy, because a lot... You know, one thing I thought... This was years ago, a few... In fact, years ago, when I saw this all this mm-hmm. happening. When I saw all this unfolding, maybe 10 years ago, I saw yeah. it unfolding. Yeah, that's about right. And... And there's a lot of things, you know, I'm going to go into it now, but there's a lot of things. But um, I always, I always, at the time, um, you know, with women and, meet, and you know, meet, women talking to me and all that sort of stuff, is that they felt that being around, being in the workplace and obviously being in, in a workplace where obviously the majority of me are men or whatever it may be or not even if they're not even in that workplace they're in a, a magazine that's for women but it's cutthroat they almost have to take on this masculine yes thing masculine yes you know when you're well, when, you're, yeah. when you're at home or when you're you're feminine aren't you you for years and years mm. women would be feminine and have this feminine energy because about, um, yeah. Nurturing is all the things, whatever it is, cooking or whatever it is. If it's not cooking, they look taking care of the child. Child, even not taking care of the home, they're going out shopping, buying, taking care of themselves, doing the nails, feminine energy. Now, mm-hmm. they then hit the workplace, and I think a lot of, and I think a lot of governments and scientists have worked this out. This is me. I just think there's a gender. Um, by sending the woman in, I'm not saying they shouldn't, but I'm saying by, by, making sure that there's a there's an X amount of women going into the workplace and, and being forced this thing where, you know, being told, oh, yeah, it's important that you go to the workplace and blah, blah, What happens is it, women then go in and they go become cutthroat because of going into business. And what happens is those businesses become, you take on, you take on a masculine trait or energy. And if you're doing this on a regular basis for years and years, you almost become... You become manlike because you. What happens is you become competitive. Because men feed on. I'm not saying women don't, but I'm saying on a natural order of chaos, men <laughs> are naturally competitive. Naturally, want yeah, to absolutely. beat each other and want to win. They want to get the next sale. They want to get this. They want yep. every single thing. You know, I remember. I remember my stepdaughter saying to me one time. Um, because I remember, I remember getting this thing of some paper and throwing it in the bin, trying to throw it in to try and hit the bin and it bounced off the edge. And I'm going, oh, no. And then trying again. And she said, no, why is it that boys, boys, men or boys or whatever, because she said, in my, my, even at my school, they always want to 
They always want to do things like throw paper in the bin and they want to compete each other. Every single thing. And that's and that's a child mm-hmm. saying that. That's a child saying that about boys. So then men <laughs> this is what I mean. So it's obviously a natural yeah. thing. A natural thing. You know it because babies um, uh, babies men fight even as they get older, men fight over women. And babies when you and when you study when they've done studies on babies, the boys want to one up each other because they want to see is the king of the nappy yeah <laughs> so women don't tend to do it women might say things about your character later on about the way you dress and look mm-hmm. but the women's competition is different because the women's competition is to attract a member of the opposite sex so they put mm. preen themselves in a way to and we know that because it, the studies have been done in 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 countries and in villages where where they've never been party to TV and romance and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no TV. There's no one telling them that um, you need to be looking. You know, going out for a man. It's a natural thing for a woman to to do that. And we, like I say, it's been done. In, we know that in villages and in villages, what the women do is they go and put makeup. On, that's where makeup come from. They put paint on the face and things to put them yep. to do the hair. Uh, particularly, yeah, women. Yeah, adorn I, themselves. Yeah. That's not. That's not new. That's and not that's, new. That's yeah. Not just to make then PCOS is is polycystic ovary syndrome, and what that can oh cause, right yes yes cause, yes I've heard of that yeah, and that can cause facial hair. So I'm not saying it does it because of they've gone to work as natural. I'm saying take on if you take on masculine things. You're absolutely right. No, I I agree with you. I do you, believe you that yes. You take on aggression, so then that can lead to damage in the ovaries, or it can lead to damage on in your body. We know that because. When you, when a woman, because women, women do not, um, is it no? Is it which one is it? Men produce, um, men produce. What's the hormone that men produce? It's on my testosterone. Testosterone. If a woman has too much testosterone, it will lead to the facial features turning masculine, and the and the voice mm. and We know that because when bodybuilders, when we're looking at bodybuilders, um, um. Women's um, uh, anatomy shrinks and becomes a man's, like a man's chest. Um, right, right. That's what I mean. <laughs> they become masculine. The muscles become masculine. The, the face, they start to lose some hair. They start to lose the hair. Um, and the hair becomes right. thinner. And the jawline becomes thick set like a man because they're doing weights. And what happens is they're becoming, they're taking, they start to take things like. Um, they lose that femininity. They lose that femininity, and they, and they become masculine because what happens is they start to make maybe take um, enhas- enhancements in terms of bodybuilding enhancements, which is oh, you're talking about those bodybuilders yes. who and yeah that's, and yeah. That's, 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 <clears throat> that's an example of 
what we're talking about. I'm talking about that's that's the street. That's that end. The extreme. The extreme side of yeah. It's not an exaggeration. I'm not saying it is. I'm not exaggerating it. I'm saying you can see it based on when we watch bodybuilders. When you watch a woman bodybuilder, she doesn't become feminine. She becomes masculine based on the actions and what she's doing. So it's and the grunting and the pushing weights and stuff like that, which, uh-huh. which uh-huh. women won't need. Which women don't need that in their everyday life because they're not doing things like they don't need anything to for them to be lifting or to to be hunting or whatever it may be or be stronger than the opposite sex. Do you know what I mean? They don't need that thing. Oh, they're doing a competition. What men... Yeah, they say they say for a woman to get her body back after having a baby, just running around after your baby, lifting your baby, will get you back in shape. Yeah. Um, you know? So, yeah. Men do that because they want to be bigger, stronger than the other man. Uh, and it's again mm-hmm. another form of competition. It's a competitive, and, yes. And it's competitive nature. Yeah. To show that I've got bigger muscles means that I'm more... Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm more of a competitor, I'm more of a man than you, whatever it may be, I've got bigger muscles. <laughs> you know, so so what I'm saying to you is that's that's a that's a um that's on a I can't even say the microscopic level, but that's what I'm saying. It, it, you can lead lead to those things, lead to masculine energy and we're and we're hearing that when we're talking about women, when they're saying about well, thinking, they become a, a, yeah, if you take on going to business, like you know, some of the things I've been watching, some of them come <laughs> on with a, actually a masculine way of speaking or a masculine um, way of um, sort of saying, "Oh, I'm in, I'm doing this, and I'm been doing this, <laughs> and I don't need this." And I'm thinking, and what happens is you be, you you're becoming more too business-like, and it becomes an aggressive way of speaking. You're not. Thingy. and then what happens is they then want to find somebody who's they want to find somebody who's because men are drawn to feminine because we're men are masculine. very drawn to feminine because yeah we're masculine because why do we need to be drawn to something that's masculine because we don't need that we need somebody who's who who, who the, the opposite to us the yin and yang not somebody who's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. us um because it's not um it's not a. Do you know what I mean? It's not. It's not. What's it? An attractive trait. Uh-huh, I think that's uh-huh. what I'm saying. So yeah. So you're perfectly right. And yeah, the polarity. The polarity is a men and women. That's what yeah. attracts. You know, uh, uh, a masculine alpha male. Yes. You know, women. You know, want that in a in a man. Yeah. And like you said, if you behave in a certain way that puts a man down, and he and he's in. You know, he he gets that for a long time and he starts to be suppressed his masculinity is suppressed you know that same woman is going to feel you know he's not fighting for me he's not getting things done he's not doing you know and he will literally lose the ability to express himself as a as a as a masculine man and it you know it's sort of um this is one of the reasons why you know the old um sitcoms you'd see the the man in the garden you know he'd go to the bottom of the shed and that's a man's way of you know taking himself away um and just having that space and that time to just you know get into his his logical his you know his analytical and you know get away from the um 
you know, because I think that that's very important as well, you know, the, the time apart, the time together, the time apart, the time together. And it's important for a man to regroup himself and feel right, okay, I'm going back in as the man. Whereas if he's under the thumb of a woman, constantly just um, masculating all over him. Yeah, because you have to realise that if you've got two energies the same, if there isn't a polarity, if there's not an opposite, then you are going to find that, um, you know, one of you are not necessary. And that is going to be, a, you can literally predict that if you've got a masculine behaving woman in the relationship, you can pretty much predict that that relationship, it might last because of lust or, you know, certain things or love or what have you. But after a while, you know, it's going to have to, you're going to find that they break up because one, you know, two energies the same, even in same sexed um, relationship, one of them is usually more feminine and the other one is more masculine. You need that in a, in a intimate relationship for it to work for both parties. Yeah. Whereas if you've both got the, if you both bring in the same energy, you know, it it's not necessary. Yes, it necessary. can't work. Well, yeah. We know that and we know that as well because, and based on the thing what I've just said about women going to the workplace and have feeding off, um, thingy, it can cause illnesses and problems when they become so aggressive. And, and you can yeah, see well, women are getting different illnesses. Yeah. Women are getting men illnesses like yes. heart problems and dying quite young, yes. which was never the case no. back in the older women. If women died, it was either childbirth or you know, yeah. um, you know, old, old, you know, old age or something, yeah. or an accident. But women are actually dying of illnesses that have always been kind of male-related yeah. in in today's time. Yeah, you know, stress. They're dying of stress-related stress. illnesses. Right. Yes. And that's I was about to say the thing because even on my podcast, I've had women um, uh, <clears throat> on my podcast, and they've talked about being in the workplace, and it's so aggressive that they've had to, they've they've let, had literally had no sleep. And they've had to. They've had a breakdown. A breakdown. Yeah. Um, oh yes. And they've had yeah. to leave the workplace because they've had a breakdown. It's nothing to do with the the men um, bullying them or anything like that. It's to do with mm. the aggressive nature of how a of work, the job. Of the yes. Job it's of... it's a woman's not wired for that level of stress on her body because a woman's body is designed to carry, you know, the the next generation bring the next generation into <clears throat> so uh, yeah yeah and we know this as well because if you then look in prisons where men mm-hmm. where there's um too much men you'll find that mm-hmm. there's always you'll always find there was um, a man that kind of becomes feminine he then he then becomes um because he's 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 looking maybe he was feminine anyway but it was an but it, it, that, yeah that opportunity that, yeah being in that environment now yes. yeah and being in an environment where he's you know he's going to be taken advantage of and men uh, who have been in prison for a long time start to see another man feminine because that's because we can so that means we're meant to be together do you see what I mean because <laughs> they, men actually in prisons actually men after you've been there for a certain time they start to see certain men maybe frail looking or whatever Mm-hmm. Maybe even some of the butch ones, the bigger guys. Yeah, yeah. They start seeing. Yeah, because they need. Yeah, they need. They have a need of a masculine energy sexual, man. Yeah, you know, sexual. And sexual yeah. So, 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 so you know, I think what you're saying there is definitely important. We just need 
something is something needs to change and i'm hoping that you're with your you not you 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 know you gain the qualification you do, you know you're doing all these things your podcast um your interviews it's when it's needed we need that message out there we need to get the love back which is so important. i think the love needs to come back because it's so sad seeing men and women against each other and they don't really understand why this is happening you know women are not understanding that you know the more they go out there and you know for more and more and more um like you just said you know it's it's taken away from them and it's actually causing health issues and um men too are not realizing that um the woman you know can be is the woman is still your best friend you know um and can make you happy but obviously you, you know obviously the woman has to remember who she is and i think that that's the thing i think we've kind of so many things have changed all at once and the message hasn't really been flowing down you know there's been a a, a kind of a, a communication issue between the the, the generations and um, i think you know things definitely have to change men and women need to come back together again you know get back being friends then fall in love with each other again i know people are falling in love with each other obviously that's never going to change but i mean that men as a group always looked out for and loved women as a group and women as a group always loved men and felt protected by men whereas now you're hearing that's the thing women don't feel as though men are there as a group protecting them yes individual men but not the the men as a group and men as a group are feeling that women are just becoming aggressive and difficult and you know they don't feel safe that they can have a relationship with this woman and um, they're not going to get hurt and that's a, a thing as well i think you might, you will probably confirm that men are not going to go into something that they already feel unsafe in you know they want to know that they at least have a chance of making this woman happy yeah definitely definitely and um yeah i think it's like you said it's 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 it's, it's gone it's gone too far the other way and i think like saying and a lot needs to change a lot needs to change for sure yeah yep um yeah and we start with the young we start with the little ones you know start you know bringing back that sort of um understanding that um yeah there is things have changed a lot and it's fine but we have to still remember that if we want to keep <laughs> producing ourselves on the planet if we want mankind to continue for generations to come we need to do that because if we don't we're going to have men on that side women on that side and they're going to you know we're going to have less and less people on the planet until when you know we kind of just disintegrate Yeah, so where can we tell um can you tell us um just some of the things that you're doing and where can you be found okay i can be found um i've got a website but i'm in the middle of um sorting it out it should be back up and running in about a month you know i'm, I'm sort of adding things imanispeaks.com and from there everything else should be found i'm on um, consciousradio.com my show so you can go if you go on that site um you can learn a little bit about my show what I do and if you want to come on the show you know you can um contact me through there 
my email is um, Imani Speaks Interviews at gmail.com. And um, yeah, I'm on different social places Facebook, in, you know, the usual suspects Facebook, Instagram, um, YouTube, um, places like that. Uh, say so thank you for coming on. Like say, it's been a while. I'm not leave, I'm not thank you leave, for having me. I really appreciate having so on the show. Yeah, I'm wow. Not, I'm not going to leave yeah. it so long. For, I'm not going to leave next time. We're not going to leave it for. How many well, I want to invite you on my so. podcast when you've got time. So I hope we can sort that out soon as well. Yeah. And for the listeners out there, um, so can you send them a message of love? Find a message. Absolutely. Of love. <clears throat> oh wow. Yeah. So. Um, Kings and queens, beautiful souls, um, you know, remember who you really are. Yes, you are in a physical body, and these bodies are fantastic, no matter what they look like, no matter what age they are or what have, what shape they're in. These are amazing because it means that you get to be seen by other people and you can then share who you really are, this beautiful soul that you really are, that you've come here to do great things. You've, everybody on this planet has come here with a purpose, and your job, is to find out what that purpose is and really the purpose is to find out to remember that you are a beautiful soul having a human experience and sharing that message with as many people as you come into contact with so i would say to you go out there and multiply you know and with the message and um, men and women remember that you know all of us came here because of two beautiful people who decided to come together so that we could have a life so that we could be here to share our purpose and we want to do that and we want our children and the people that come after them to be able to do that because it is a beautiful thing to have human beings men and women on the on the earth so yeah go out there and um, share the message and you know find someone to love because you know there's someone out there who loves you and who you could fall madly deeply in love with and we need to have more of these conversations and thank you for inviting me on this amazing show that was Imani Speaks and this was Men Are Nuts speak to you soon